0: Welcome to Back to Debbie, the only Debbie show brought to you by Campus Kitten. I'm your host, Mike Valerie. This is my co-host, Corey. The Senior Bowl is behind us. Early signing day is behind us. The next major event we're looking forward to is the NFL Combine, and that's not happening until February 28th. So in the meantime, we will be diving back into the incoming freshman class, and we're going to be joined by a special guest here after our news segment and the 2023 player profiles.
1: But first... Corey, with the news yeah we're hitting that pretty pretty quiet area of the college football offseason with uh spring practices about to kick off on uh shortly so um pretty limited stuff uh over this past week but we did have oklahoma and texas finalize their uh transfer over to the sec uh that'll happen in 2024 for reported 100 million dollar buyout fee i think between the both of them 50 million and i think it's revenue based it's not like they're uh cutting a 50 million dollar check or anything like that but um that's going to be adding to a 2024 year where we will also be seeing UCLA and USC join the big 10. Uh, and we'll also be seeing the start of the 12 team playoff happening that year as well. So uh, a lot in store for that 2024 season. Uh, we've got some coaching news as well. Uh, Florida state extends Mike Norvell to the 2029 season. He's done a lot, uh, a lot of good with that team since he's been there. Um, Alabama finally found an offensive coordinator in Notre Dame's uh nor Dame's old offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese. Um, so I guess he just, they just kind of stole him away from there. And, uh, I did just want to mention, since we are talking about Frenchman, uh, Frenchmen, freshman, uh, that I wanted to mention the number one tight end in this, in this class, Deuce Robinson, who, uh, many are worried will play baseball instead of football. He is, uh, pushing back his announcement date. There's no official date right now, I believe, but he has to decide by April. So he's really building the suspense with this one. Uh, be interesting to see where he lands, um, that's going to wrap it up for a pretty quiet news week here. Just a reminder as well, that the season is never over at C2C. Um, there's never a better time to become a member. The C2C and recruiting team is putting their finishing touches on a one of a kind freshman and supplemental draft guide. We've been to work on the Devi guide and with spring news kicking off the scene, the CFF team is uh, going to be starting to put their thoughts to paper and start their guide as well. Um, like Matt, uh, like Mike was talking about in the beginning, it's also draft season right now. There's a ton of tools over there to help you analyze this class. What, class whether it's uh, comparisons um, advanced stats raw stats Uh, our draft teams releasing mock drafts and rankings as we speak so uh, there's really no better place to check it out I mean we probably have the best uh, thoughts on these guys we've been watching them for the past four years where a lot of these guys are just starting to dive into them now so make sure you guys are checking out CampusAccount.com for everything you need to guide you through this offseason
0: all right let's get into the 2023 player profiles and this week we're going to be talking about quarterbacks I'm a little double dipping because I got a little lazy. And I did the Will Levis for uh, <laughs> the White Show over at the, the draft report. So I'm I'm kind of just regurgitating here. But Will Levis, six foot three, 232 pounds, 186 completions out of 286 attempts. I believe that's around a 65% completion ratio for 2,416 yards, 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. And on the ground this year, he did 30 for 119 yards and two touchdowns while also giving up four fumbles. Corey, do you want to go first or should I go first here and just be mean? I'm going to be mean. Yeah, you, I'm going to be mean. yeah. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, we ain't on a good <laughs> note. We ain't on a good note. So <laughs> I went to UK. <laughs> so I've gotten to watch a lot of Will Levis. So let me tell you what uh, the tools are there. We're using the bingo word tools. He's got that great, it's a nice release. I love the NFL build, obviously uh last year's class a lot of short guys this guy's nice and nice big beefy anyway offers more in the running game than stats would suggest I know he had 919 rushing yards this year I believe last year he topped over 500 with I want to say more like seven touchdowns but offers a lot more in the running game than his stats suggest this time Uh, I, I think he's a slow processor he's not very good at reading defenses it's very hard for him to get to his second read second read not the third but just to get to the second read I think he's a little slow to it Uh, He doesn't know how to manipulate defenses. Uh, He's not an improviser. The way we talk about Cam Ward and like Caleb Williams, when the play breaks down, I think Will Levis breaks down as well. So he's not a very good improviser. And I think his pocket awareness is okay, not great. And just throwing off platform, is not really his thing. It's not really it. If he's outside of pocket, he's probably running for yards, not not looking for an open wide receiver. Uh, I do want to address the uh, narratives to go around because people are like, well, you know, his O line sucks. So I'm just talking about 2021. 2021, you know, he loses three offensive linemen to the draft. Well, two get drafted, one gets uh, UDFA status, but still loses three starters, and he loses Wando Robinson. And I, I had a trouble evaluating Wando Robinson last year. Everyone that listens to the show knows I'm not a big fan of size. So every time I got to watch a little guy, I got to figure out, well, is he getting handed off his routes? Is he just needs to find certain lanes to be open because he can't operate over the middle because linebackers are sitting there. Anyway, his A dot outside. Of uh, sec competition, so I'm talking about like G5. His ADOT's somewhere in the 13s, you know, which is great, that's fine, no big deal. When you see what his dot is against Power Five competition, sec, it was like six or seven real short stuff. And I'm watching, and I'm like, this is not Wandale making it short, this is Will Levis and the coaching staff who are like, Will Levis needs to get this out quick because they recognize that's that's a weakness of his. So that that was 2021, which was a pretty good year, it was ex- the most exciting year. For a Kentucky passing offense, for like since I've been alive, straight up, honestly, God. So, with all that, it was a good year. We go to 2022. Will Levis against Power Five competition last year. This is going to be across eight games, by the way. 120 completions on 193 attempts for 1,435 yards for 10 touchdowns and seven interceptions. That is averaging less than 200 passing yards a game, with the highest passing yard total coming at 230 against Mizzou. Look, there wasn't a single game I watched that I could say, wow, we wouldn't have won that game if Lil Levis didn't do blank. There wasn't a single one. And and people want to put this guy as a leader, uh, the future of an NFL franchise. It, his team had to drag him across the finish line the entire year this year. And, and the finish line was like a 6-6 six and six record. I don't remember what a record was. It was not great. It was pretty It's pretty upsetting. So I get it. The OC left, offensive line left. The line this year was not good. Defense was even took a step down. The tools are there I believe that should be a starting point in the conversation, not the entire argument. Therefore, Will Levis, to me, is great as a second-round pick. I think he's a fine project. I don't think GMs are going to risk their job on giving them first-round draft capital or risking the whole franchise on him. He needs to go somewhere where he can sit for a year, maybe a year and a half, but he's got to sit. Corey,
1: I, I... don't know if I've ever talked so much on a player profile before in my entire life <laughs> no you definitely had uh, some thoughts on that one obviously I thought you were going to so I thought it was better that you would go first I can just kind of follow up now by saying that I think you did hit on a lot of the points that I wanted to get on um I mean like generally this guy just seems like a guy with a lot of the tools that you want in a quarterback you know has the size the impressive arm talent has a little bit of mobility there as well but it's the mental processing and, and stuff like that you know poor decision maker at times he's processed slowly like you said um and when they got to conference play this year that the production just dropped off like crazy i mean he has that game versus tennessee uh threw the ball 27 times only 98 yards zero touchdowns and three interceptions only 50 percent of his passes completed against vanderbilt with zero touchdowns and one interception i mean i
0: I have to defend the tennessee game real quick i think the kentucky receivers had like four drops that game there were that was like the one game where there's
1: there's drops I mean, come on, you, you're just trying to give him a nice break there. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> still pretty bad overall, man. But, okay, we'll give him that one either way. I mean, the best in-conference game was the Mizzou one that you said. Um, still not one of the stronger SEC teams, but, you know, completed 70% of his passes through three touchdowns, so that's all right. I did look over at, like, PFF just kind of see where some of, the, uh, some of the advanced stats were with them that they kind of record. They do a thing there called the big-time throw percentage, which is, uh, you know, they, if it's an excellent throw with good timing, good placement, sometimes into, like, a tight window or something, they give you, like, a good grade on that throw his his big time throw percentage is only 2.3 like percent this is like 14 out of 16 qualifying SEC quarterbacks like so he was not you know pushing the envelope with how he was throwing the ball he's not trying to fit in tight windows he's not trying to uh lay it in over a, like a bunch of defenders um I I, sw- I kind of think the NFL is really buying into the raw traits here if they keep talking about him like a first round pick and obviously we've seen we've seen it work out with a guy like Josh Allen, you know, but that, you know, maybe that's super special circumstances, right? Because we've also seen the bad side with a guy like Paxton Lynch or something like that, that it, just, it doesn't always work out, right? So there is an avenue here for it to work out, but whether it's like with the right coaching or the right situation, being not f- not forced to play much in year one, um, can kind of sit back and learn. But I, I think there's a ton of risk in, in a pick like this with him um, and probably not one that I'd be willing to take with a first-round pick in the actual draft or in a dynasty draft.
0: And I know, I know, Josh Allen has just become the poster boy for terrible freshman year working out in the end. Yeah. So I, I it's just, so it, I, it's just I think it's ironic. Every, every NFL franchise is like, yeah, I, I can fix him i can fix him
1: that happens with everybody though right because then it's like tyreek hill is the new small fast wide receiver well now every new small fast wide receiver is the new tyreek hill yeah, oh I mean, well debo is a nice thick guy who can play running back now every thick wide receivers are a potential debo you know what i mean so it's, it's kind of the thing everybody likes to do they're always looking for the next guy but i'm not sure if Evans we'll is going to be that next guy yeah
0: all right let's go on to our next area let's talk about anthony richardson six foot four 232 pounds again uh, 175 completions for 330 attempts. It's probably about a six. I think like a 59% completion. Percentage. 53, I think it was. Or something. 50, Pretty
1: low, actually.
0: Math is hard for me. We're both having bad math weeks, I guess. All right. <laughs> uh, 2,553 yards for 17 touchdowns and nine interceptions on the ground. Though he put up 65 attempts for 713 yards and nine touchdowns and five rushing attempts. Uh, similar to Levi's. He He's a project. Uh, he he also, I think, has a cannon for an arm, definitely has some good velocity on his balls. Uh, the only real difference between Will Levis and him for me is that I think he he is an excellent improviser. Uh, he is good at escaping the pocket. He's obviously an excellent runner, very dynamic, and he's got great arm talent. So very similar notes from Will Levis. Stuff. This is like the one thing that I would change between him and what Levis is talking about his improvisation. So. Yeah, he's also a project, but unlike Will Levis, I don't see him getting taken early in the first, more in the back of the first, and I like that because I think he has more tools. And when we look at Justin Fields now, who's really not getting it done through the air, but he's getting it done on the ground with his legs, I think Anthony Richardson can replicate that just fine, like honestly, you know? I think his legs are good. You just got to worry about the upper body. So uh, that's really it I got for, for Anthony Richardson. I will say this: I have seen uh, like reports of him working with uh, Malik Willis in the off season. Corey,
1: I was not excited hearing that news. I'm just gonna be straight up. I was, I was yeah, not I think could, here. maybe Malik Willis is working with Anthony Richardson. I don't know. We don't know which way that one's working right now. So um, <laughs> I was like, why couldn't I, it say RG three or like Lamar Jackson? Yeah. But we gotta, we got Malik. Yeah. Okay, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So with, with Richardson, I do have a little bit more thoughts on him. He's somebody that I've been following for quite a while. I remember my days back at breakout finder when that was still going on. One of the guys had really loved him as a freshman. So we've been kind of following along with him a long time. I remember when he's elite 11 recruit, uh, he, he had a four five forty. he jumped jump 35 inches. Um, he threw the ball almost 70 yards. He won the farthest throw competition that year. So this guy's like a crazy athlete, right? At 6'4", 230 pounds, we're talking about a guy who's probably like the shades of Cam Newton athletically, right? Explosive, physical runner, um, averaged almost four yards after after contact per attempt. So he's got that athleticism to him. Um, now, you know, on the passing side, he's he, he's not... Cam Newton, right? I mean, he's the athlete, but he's not. I I think he's pretty unrefined as a passer. He's got he's got the incredible arm. You know, he can hit any level of field. Um, I'd love to see more touch from him, though. It's a lot of things on, on a rope. He throws it pretty damn hard. Um, and I don't know if you noticed this watching any of the film with him, but he does kind of have like this weird like three-quarter release where he doesn't really get the ball like fully over the top. He kind of like slings it forward. Like it's kind of this weird like maybe trying to pull back on like his raw arm strength a bit so that he's not chucking it so far every time because he's got such such a big arm or something. But you know i guess in this modern day you do see like a like a lot of different types of releases so i'm not ready to knock him because he does get it to where he needs to get it but it was kind of a weird thing i did notice um I didn't. He's not the kind of guy to, to necessarily force the ball. Um, he doesn't make unnecessary turnovers at times, kind of played it safe sometimes. Um, I we can kind of point to maybe the lack of receivers at Florida. They didn't really have any weapons this year. Um, they barely seemed to get reception uh, separation down the field as well. But, but still, he wasn't one, the guy that was trying to push it into those super tight windows or anything like that. I did think. Um, he had a nice deep ball at times, kind of lay it over the DB. He did it nicely in the Georgia game, I remember, because I'm watching every Georgia game, and he, I remember him throwing this really nice deep ball over the over uh, I think Keely Ringo, uh, right into the breadbasket of his DB. So, um, we were also talking about big time throw percentages back with uh, back with uh, with Levis on the last last conversation. Richardson actually had the second highest mark in the SEC last year, um, and a fairly low low number in the turnover where he throws as well. So he was playing safe football, and he was you know he he's done some some nice things. Um, but you're buying into the eth- the athleticism and-, and the arm talent here. Yeah, I think he's going to need some time to adapt in the NFL. Like, to me, it, you know, it, it- – uh, today's the Super Bowl. If anybody's recording on Sunday uh, this week, and um, there, um, he kind of reminds me that he, I think he has to go like the Jalen Hurts route. You know, Jalen got in uh, for a couple games at the end of his NFL rookie season. Uh, year two, you saw them like design an offense kind of around his strengths, you know, more run, running, more half field reads, you know, not not a lot of stuff. Then in year three, now you're seeing it blow up. We're seeing this guy in the Super Bowl now, that, right? So I think Richardson kind of has that upside if everything kind of goes right for him. I think you know, it. it I, I, he's somebody that I'd rather take a shot on with the risk he has than someone like Will Levis in the first round. He's my locked in quarterback three right now, and I do think he's a first round pick.
0: Uh, you don't think Justin Shorter, the wide receiver one from twenty twelve, is a good wide receiver?
1: <laughs> I do <laughs> not. No, did, did he play what? Did he play at the Shrine Bowl? I think at the East West Shrine Game, or I think he, he, he got, got in it right there. Those, yeah, or Hula Bowl or something like he played. One I know he played. Too. Three, but yeah, that's yeah. been a far fall from grace for him.
0: all right let's do a quick little recap so in episode 25 that's one month ago we discussed the top of the class each position group so we talked our top 10 players based out of the top 20 composite 24 7 sports players for uh the wide receivers and running backs and then for quarterbacks we just talked about uh our favorite players out of the top 10 and then i think we gave you guys some sleepers too last time just because uh quarterbacks don't trans there's not a little bit shallower. It's a little it's a little less uh exciting because you can kind of eliminate about ninety-five percent of these guys right off the bat, I and mean, then you got a really small group to pick from. But um that if you guys want to go back to listen to that again, episode 25, one month ago. Uh and you know, we also gave you all a little bit of a treat because we talked about a tight end too in that episode. And that's <laughs> pretty rare for us. So just wanted to give you guys that. But let's introduce Our guest today, Matt, a.k.a. Big Y Receiver Guy, a part of the recruitment team here at Campus DeCanton. And let me tell you guys, no one watches more high schoolers than this guy, R. Kelly and Lawrence Taylor. Matt is the most knowledgeable in terms of quality of incoming freshmen and quite honestly is someone I frequently reach out to to find sleepers in my drafts. I really do. I DM this guy a lot about sleepers. But Matt, please tell us about your current projects, what you got going on in the recruitment team
2: yeah thanks for such an eloquent introduction there um right now we're just uh working on the guide pretty much that's our sole focus getting things wrapped up with this class here before we start uh diving into 2024
0: awesome yeah i know cory mentioned it. you guys are wrapping up i think we're wrapping up the grades too like this week or at the end of this week you guys are- yeah it's 17th locked in i um, love that you guys sent us i'm gonna give a little teaser now to the crowd because i can't talk about it. but that uh that image uh, you guys sent of uh the whole tiers and just all the players listed i I yeah, actually really thought board. that list in, in order knocked it out. I really did. I really liked that list a lot. So here at Back to Debbie, I am an analytics enjoyer. You know, I have, I have very basic knowledge of R, of regression models. Um, and it's been a while since I've I've uh, heard you, Matt, go over your model. Can you just briefly tell us about the data that you found correlate from high school wire receivers into uh, success here?
2: Yeah, first of all, you, you're you a staunch analytics hater. You you're just talking about how... Uh, Rush yards over expected is toilet paper math the other day, so <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't want to, I don't want to hear that. And with the models, uh, you know, we really just look at production uh, athleticism, which in you know our measurement here is miles per hour because we can universally measure everybody with that, so it's just easier that way. And then uh, age, we take in consideration, and ultimately we do use the uh, recruiting services grades in there as well. Because that forms, you know, baseline It's basically, you know, for draft models, you'd use draft capital as a replacement. We're using recruiting grades because that's really the closest we can get. And we don't have a historical, uh, historical grades for Campus Canton yet. So until then, we have to use, you know, the services. Right. And uh,
0: this isn't really common knowledge for everybody, but 24-7 five stars, there's only 32. So for 24-7, giving five star ratings out, that's 24-7 predicting you know that many players will go in the first round years down the road i actually think they kind of nailed it out of the park last year i think they hit like 18 out of like 32 which i thought was really good but all right let's get into it gentlemen let's talk about the quarterback group first here so recently we've seen quite a bit of struggling in classes and i believe that's due to code eligibility allowing a lot of these uh quarterbacks to stay longer in these schools uh, so I, I haven't really looked at the actual numbers, but I imagine it's got to be a steep drop off. It's just been a struggle for these guys to to come into the school when you got a guy sitting there for six years. I mean, that's a lot of classes just going by, not getting their fair share of opportunity here. So the lack of rotation of players, we only see a few get me capital. Uh, so it's just been really discouraging to find QB sleepers. So we're talking again, QBs outside the top 10 because we already talked about inside the top 10 a month ago. I'm going to throw it to Corey here first, actually.
1: Oh, yeah. I I actually, when I originally was looking at this whole list... I thought we were doing everything outside the top 20. So I was trying to find a quarterback outside the top 20, which proves to be pretty freaking tough if you haven't looked at all, all these freaking quarterbacks. But um, I did find one. I think he's quarterback uh, number 22, which is uh, Braden Dorman, four-star guy out of Arizona. Um, he's 6'4 two hundred and six 206 pounds. So he's a little bit slender for how big he is, but he's a big kid. Uh, last time you might have seen him was uh, he played at the Polynesian Bowl. Uh, where he was kind of overshadowed by a lot of the bigger names there you know there wasn't really a lot of media about this guy um but i honestly think there is a chance you know that if you watch the game he might have performed like the best quarterback that day and that field included Nico YamaLieva, who i thought was okay that game i think he threw a couple interceptions though um relied on his athleticism for a long time i thought that that uh Dorman got the ball quick i thought he made good decisions uh he orchestrated some nice drives down the field um only threw 17 passes, only completed 10 of them. Um, but he did hit Nebraska signee Mal- uh, Malachi uh, Coleman for two touchdowns and turned the ball over zero times. So I thought it was a nice game for him. You know, he's, he's a guy who has a lot of experience as well. Um, played four years varsity, continued to get better every year as well. Over 10,000 passing yards, accounted for 120 touchdowns. Uh, pretty good arm, throws us some nice touches as well. He's more of your big, tall, uh, typical pocket passer and some of the types that they have there at Arizona right now. Um, but Arizona was throwing the ball a ton last year, very explosive offense. They have some really nice weapons like Tet McMillan, who should be there. If Dorman kind of gets a chance to start uh, next year, when Jane Delora kind of departs in 2024. Um, I know they have some other guys there like uh, Noah, Noah Fafita or something like that. who's uh Ted McMillan's high school quarterback, I believe, but he's another very tiny guy. I think he's under 200 pounds, under six feet, um, so, so Dorman's kind of an interesting guy to kind of bring, maybe break the mold for them and, and bring in a big pocket type quarterback, who I think is actually a pretty good fit for this spread kind of offense that Arizona has been running lately.
0: I love it, dude. He did really well in the, um, I always say elite 11, but he did well in the, in the bowl game. All yeah. American
2: game.
0: Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually being very rude. Cause I should have thrown it to Matt right away. I don't know what type of guest I am. Matt, please tell us about your quarterback sleeper. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so I went with uh, Sam Levitt, which you guys already discussed on the uh, previous show, so I'll be brief here. Um, he, he really has a really good uh, arm, especially velocity-wise. Uh, he's a gunslinger. He's a, a quick release. Uh, you know, and Then that's really what popped off on tape for us when we initially saw him. Uh, David at Solving Football is the one on our team who originally found him, and you know he's been really deep-diving with these quarterbacks. And uh, this is the, really the guy that stuck for us. I mean, he's a, I believe he's our consensus QB5 uh, at Campus Kenton, which is considerably higher than services. I believe he's composite quarterback 17 around there, late teens, mid-teens. Um, and in the charting that we've done, he uh, really pops off, you know, pretty much every category, EPA per play. Uh, he has an incredibly low uh, turnover-worthy pass percentage, high big-time throw percentage. Really high on-target percentage. So, uh, just base stats, uh, advanced stats, everything. He just really pops off for us. Are you worried about the the system there? You know, I I just don't really consider
0: Michigan besides having um, what Kenneth Walker much of a uh, like Debbie I guess uh, landmine. But I know we're going to talk a little bit more about Michigan State a little bit later on. But you feel you feel good about him going into that system.
2: I mean, uh, we're not talking to CFF here. Yeah, yeah I'm fine with him going to the Big Ten, a P5 program. Yeah. Yes, I'm All very right. fine with that.
0: All right, I'm going to talk about mine here. Uh, Sam Levitt, by the way, is quarterback 19 in the composite. He is a back-end four-star. Uh, I am going I – first off, I do want to say this. I almost cheesed it to pick Malachi Singleton, the quarterback, going to uh, Arkansas. Cause I think I he actually should, thought he should, about him a little bit, too, actually. <laughs> yeah. I think he should convert to running back. Like I was like, I'm going to pick him and just talk about him as a running back. But <laughs> – but uh. I didn't do that this time. I actually went one further and went to quarterback 25 here and Tad Hudson from uh UNC here. I I like Tad Hudson. He's he's 6'3, 220, got that nice build already. I think he's he's a classic pocket passer. I think he's got good touch, good deep ball, good strength. I think throwing he looks pretty good. And he looks pretty good I think improvising as well. So outside of pocket off platform, I think he's decent. Uh my real issue here is that he he's I don't really see him do any reads. He kind of just stares the guy down, which, you know, it's high school, so I think that's okay. But, I mean, I think he really does just stare down his guy until it happens. And then when I go to, like, Max Prep to see his stats, which Max Prep is, like, the only source you can find on those type of stats. Let's so get some high school stats. Uh, his accuracy looks way worse than what I thought I saw on film. So, like, a 56 completion percentage or something like that in high school. So, a little bit worrisome there. Uh, but I, I like Tad and I, I look for that build. I don't like those guys that are like sub six foot. You know, I, I need them to be six foot two or higher. I think me and Corey have talked about that far in the past. just kind of like a threshold thing, but I like his size. I like his arm. I just need him to get a little bit better at processing and manipulating defenses, but I think he's good there. He's going to sit behind Heisman, hopeful Drake may for a year. I know they kind of switch offenses here, but they've had two quarterbacks in a row go to the NFL draft. And I am uh, banking on a third, maybe <laughs> these are sleepers.
2: <laughs> maybe connor harrell will beat him to it first that's my uh, opinion though
0: yeah i know everyone was fans of connor harrell last year I do i'm remember still that. i'm
2: still on the train he hung in there
0: i've, I've been getting annoyed at people talking about quarterback battles like drake may was ever going to lose that quarterback battle but anyway yeah. i do remember <laughs> that let's get into more fun stuff in my opinion i want to talk about the freshman performance from last year for wide receivers now it's been a whole month since I referenced the year one zero theory. So I'm, I'm going to get back into it, like Tom Brady coming off a retirement announcement. And I'm just going to say, there's only been two people that have beat the year one zero theory for wide receivers. And that is to, you know, be a top 36 fantasy single, a single fantasy in the top 36, not too hard. And those two players have been DK Metcalf and Jarvis Landry. And just to go over those categories. And again, the reason why we need these categories hit is just incoming freshmen. They just need to hit one of these categories so we know that they just, they just got touch grass. They just got touch grass. That's 10 receptions, 100 receiving yards, 5 rushing attempts, 15 rushing tar- rushing yards, 1 rushing touchdown, 10 scrimmage touches, 115 scrimmage yards, or 5 punch-slash-kick returns. Again, not hard thresholds to hit, but it's very important for these guys to hit these thresholds because we've only seen two guys beat this and becoming fantasy assets at the next level. So... Looking outside the top 20 from the composite, but within the top 300, because that's what the study shows is, is people within the top 300 of their class. I just want to recap last year's hits. So uh, we already talked about the the guys that hit within the side of the top 20 last week or excuse me, a month ago. But guys outside the top 20, we had Matthew Golden, uh, wide receiver from Houston. We had Jordan Hudson, wide receiver from TCU. Uh, Jeremy Bernard from Michigan now transferred to Washington Dane Kia Kentucky and then we had two athletes and Octavian Smith Jr. at Maryland and Kendrick Law in Alabama who we never talk about which I find kind of funny but Kendrick Law did beat the year one zero theory at Alabama so I'm excluding Isaiah Bond because mentally I think we all already put him in the top 20 wide receiver group and I'm very confident we talked about him a month ago so Fellas, gentlemen, scholars, and Matt, give me five wide receivers outside the top 20. And I know I just listed off six from last year, but we're just going to make it a nice round number and go with five because of that. I don't want to mentally keep up with six guys. And don't be afraid to reach into the athlete pool here. I'm going to throw it to Matt first to hit on one of his favorites. We're all fans of him. But Matt, please start us off.
2: Yeah, well, first of all, I think we should note that he is not technically in the top twenty. This is a farce. He is seventeenth, I believe. But we'll talk in about him anyway. Yeah, we just
0: talked about it yesterday. All right, but like, not not when we did it last time because they updated rankings. Uh, I missed okay. the updates. I'm a little I'm a little hurt by how they lowered some guys I liked in the updates. <laughs> I talked about that in the recruiting channel. But go on with this guy, please.
2: All right, but yes, I love Cordell Russell. He's my wide receiver five in the class. Uh, which you know, I don't think any of the other services are near that other than on three. They're pretty close, actually. Uh, he is one of the most uh, freakish athletes in the class uh, in a very freaky athletic wide receiver class you know, where you have guys like Hykeem Williams, Nicholas Harbour, Malachi Coleman, all these certified, extremely freaky guys. Uh, Cordell kind of stands up above the rest because he actually has shown he could play wide receiver at a pretty high level. Uh, He came out of the Under Under Armour All-American game and he looked pretty, you know, more refined than a lot of people had expected, uh, you know, based on what he showed on film. He doesn't, you know, have a really diverse route tree, uh, doesn't run a lot of breaking routes. He's kind of a linear downfield guy, jump ball. He's also very good after the catch for a player of his size.
1: Yeah, I actually remember looking at cordial Russell a little bit, um looking at his film. I remember looking, at, and then Mike kind of put me onto this to kind of take a look more at his senior film. But I was actually like slightly, maybe disappointed watching the junior film, just because it mm. seemed he was very one note. I didn't know if I found him like that explosive off the line or anything like that. I, I you could see the speed down the field, but um then Mike kind of told me to take a look at his senior tape and. Um, uh, I think I got to go ahead and do that to get a better feel about this guy because it, from the sounds of it, it sounds like he took a big jump in his senior season. 100%.
2: He, I would say he probably the big, took the biggest jump out of anybody in the country between junior and senior seasons. I think he was you know, the, the third on his own team in receiving yards his junior year. Mm-hmm. And I agree, he didn't look like this dominant physical athlete. I mean, he had a few good testing numbers, but he just didn't look like the dominant player he was his senior year. I mean, he only had like 400 yards his junior year and then Next year, he had 1,400 or thousand plus at least double-digit yeah. touchdowns, dominating you know really good Texas competition. So uh, he, he it took an incredible jump. I wasn't that high on him going to junior year. You know he was definitely wasn't in my top 20 wide receivers. So he you know really skyrocketed for me.
0: Did you mention what his on-field mile per hour time was, or uh, did I did I zone out on that?
2: Uh, no, I don't think I did. Uh, 22.5. true. So pretty That's pretty nice. good. Yeah, is that like
0: is that top he, five in the class or uh
2: yeah, I think that's two or yeah, three.
0: And he's and he's like six foot three, two Two six foot two two hundred.
2: Yeah, he's he's been listed he's been measured between six one and six two, surprisingly. I mean he looks really long. He has a six foot eight wingspan, so that yeah. definitely helps too. A future uh,
0: Bruce Feldman freak list guy.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, more mm. than likely, yeah. And going into a pretty good spot at, you know, TCU. Yeah. They love the feature
0: DX the, the and yeah. they they just lost their ex. I mean, he might be able to get on the field. I mean, again, year one zero right away. So I think that's our that's our layup here. That that's our like we all are on board. with That I believe the whole recruiting team is also the recruiting team's on board. Alfred's not taking that one, is he?
2: He, I don't know. I, I think <laughs> mostly everyone's on board with Cordell at this point. Alfred might be out, so I don't know. Oh no, no, he did come around, but just not nearly as much as everybody else did.
0: Okay uh i'm gonna go dip into uh a my guy of mine here that i've been i've been pretty vocal about on and off here especially with austin i want to talk about jaron hamilton uh the alabama wide receiver here he's six foot two 190 i'm trying to like make sure i got that right here i'm losing him but that's okay uh jaron hamilton here i think he's i think he's really good at he's a speedster he's Got that NFL pro size though, and he's got incredible speed for his size. I do think he has some some hip and like just flexibility. So I think he can develop as a route runner. Uh he's not the wide receiver one in this recruitment class for Alabama. I gotta say that. And usually not like the safest bet here. So this is kind of a deep shot here. I don't I'm not impressed with Jalen Hill's skill set. When I watch Jalen Hill, I see an early Jacoby Brooks, and I am not a fan of Jacoby Brooks or that skill set, but I think Jaron Hamilton has the athletics that Alabama tends to develop. So, again, I'm not really concerned about the incoming freshman, Jalen Hale, who's actually a top 20 pick. i rather Jaron Hamilton here, who I think has the verified athletics of what they like to develop. And I thought his tape was kind of good, too. It is not as uh, productive as we just talked about
1: Cordell Russell this senior year. Yeah, the only thing I worry about a little bit with with Hamilton is that it's starting to feel like I know nobody's really stood out amongst the group, but it's starting to feel like a really crowded group over there. We I mean, adding Jalen Hale now. You still got Kendrick Law, you just talked about, you still got Isaiah Bond, Kobe Prentice did pretty well last year. Then you still got Jermaine Burton hanging around. You still got Brooks hanging around. Like it's it's a very crowded room now. And it makes it tough to envision like all these guys kind of breaking the year ones here. But at the same time, we were kind of saying the same thing last year. And then Lo and behold, like three guys ended up breaking it. Like so that, that would was- well, we'll see if some of these guys can go. I'm betting more on Jalen Hale still, so um, <laughs> we'll see how that one goes. I'll go into my guy here, um, a guy that all three of us universally love, a guy that C2C loves as well. And I'm going to be talking about Jane Greathouse, wide receiver going to Newark Dame. He's 6'1 half, 220 pounds, four-star wide receiver, uh, very good basketball player as well. Uh, one of the more experienced wide receivers in the class. Four-year starter going over 700 yards in all four years. Um, had 58 total touchdowns. Um, definitely not a burner type of guy. You guys haven't clocked at 20.3 miles per hour, but a very technical and, and savvy prospect who moves kind of better than you would think, given how, how stout and big his frame is right. Good for footwork in his routes, um, can surprisingly make you miss with the ball in his hands, which is something I wasn't expecting as much of when I first looked at his measurables, but he does do a pretty good job, a strong hands over the top, great concentration, um, caught the ball in between multiple defenders at times, something you love to see, um, even without the long speed, uh, I would say there was some suddenness off the line, a little bit of burst, you know. I thought it was a big time red zone red zone threat as well. I thought uh, a ton of his highlights um were really within that like 20-yard range or approaching the red zone had the good sideline awareness as well. I mean, I think if I'm going to bet on a guy who more fits the possession wide receiver mold, which is something I'm not super into, but if I was going to bet on a guy, it's going to be great house because everything else he, he does really well. A really good solid all around player um, team. First guy who blocks his ass off as well There's a bunch of that all over his huddle film as well. Um, physicality, the releases, the footwork and deception is routes. I just think he does a lot of good things and the situation in Notre Dame is really not that bad either. Um, they've, they've got like no established playmakers there. I know we like Lorenzo styles and he's been a name that's been tossed around a lot, but, Again, also only a slot guy, and he's kind of disappointed um, throughout last year. I know they went through all their troubles as well, but still not, didn't really take the step forward we were hoping for. They lose their top guy, Michael Mayer, as well, who is their most consistent guy over the past couple of years. And then they bring in Sam Hartman from, from Wake Forest, the quarterback there, one of the more prolific passers in the past few years at Wake Forest. So I, I think there is some room here for Jaden to possibly make an impact in year one, especially considering like, how refined and experienced he is already coming in.
0: I I was also a fan of Jaden Greyhouse. Uh, You just talked about Michael Mayer leaving. The 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 middle of the field is pretty open, and that's where I think he could operate in. Uh, I'm going to throw it to Matt here. Matt, do you want to dunk on Corey because you dunked on me in the private chat? (laughs)
2: Uh, I mean, I I don't want to dunk on Jaden Greyhouse. He's my wide receiver 10 in the class. I'm a really big fan of Jaden Greyhouse.
0: Oh, I thought you guys recently lowered him.
2: Uh, No, Austin did. I did not. Oh, Austin did. No, awesome. no, I'm I'm still sticking with what I've been saying. I mean, he's he's such a ready to go player, and they have such a need a wide receiver right now. I, you know, especially for C two C, I'm very interested in year one production. But uh, I think his limiting factor for NFL is going to be you know his athletic ability. He definitely mm. limited straight line speed, as Corey pointed out. But I mean, he's definitely you know going to have a role somewhere. He's just such a you know, in my opinion probably the most refined wide receiver in this class. He just does everything so well in that you know, manipulating uh, of corners just at every level of the field it's pretty impressive, you just don't see it a lot at the high school level
0: I, I do want to ask you Matt this uh, I remember months ago, I'm not sure if it was rumors or just speculation but people were saying he might move to tight end
2: is that is that uh, put to bed or was that just all made up? The, I mean, the only thing I saw on that was just ESPN was ranking him at tight end no other services were, I didn't see any uh, real rumors that he was going to tight ends, I think some teams were recruiting him there, and Notre Dame was not. So, I mean, his weight is a big thing that's up in the air. I mean, he's been listed anywhere from, I think, 225 to 205. So that's definitely something. I think if he leans out, you know, he's going to, to gain back some more explosiveness, and uh, I think that will definitely suit him better for the long term if he were to do that. He doesn't need to be 215 to play the way he does. It's just unnecessary. hmm
0: yeah, I'm with you there. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of people losing weight to get that athleticism back. We talked about with Ramondre, he did that, and we talk about how we're hoping Braylon to drop ten pounds. I think he would just kill it at, at, at a new weight. But uh, Matt, give us give us another one of your guys.
2: Um, I'll go with Yazid Haynes, Georgia wide receiver commit. Uh, I I feel like I haven't really touched on him. I haven't really seen that many other people talking on. him. I believe on three has him pretty high. I don't know about the other services. He's in my twenties. Uh, he's six foot three or six foot one. I'm sorry, 170 pounds out of Pennsylvania. And he's one of the best, you know, verified athlete athletes in the class. Uh, you're going to hear me say that again a few times here because that's the guys I usually go after. Uh, 93rd percentile athlete in my database. 11 foot broad. Four two shuttle. So all extremely good. He was originally committed to Penn State. Uh, he ended up flipping. He's a really long guy. Uh, not the most refined, but better than I was expecting. I got to see him do uh, some Rivals 1v1s where you know, he showed off some releases and looked okay through breaks, which is all I can really ask for at this level, especially with like a, a raw, uh, pure athlete kind of guy. Uh, limited route tree right now. He's mostly just you know, a post-go guy. He kind of reminds me of like an Emmanuel Hall, if you guys remember him out of Missouri. Mm-hmm. Just that long z just gonna go down the field, super explosive, get some jump balls. It really kind of reminds me of that. Uh, you know, I'm kind of limited on him in CCC, but Devi, you know, why not going to Georgia? You know, if he can perform and get the job there, he'd definitely get some draft capital and show out the combine. Yeah,
0: they had a they they had a late flip. I can't remember his name right now, but I, I heard in the back room that it wasn't so much as a flip as a as a he's getting a little little show, he showed the door kindly. Is that right? Tyler Williams? Tyler Williams is
2: going to Georgia.
0: Okay, don't worry about it. There's a guy. Oh, that.
2: Raymond Cottrell. Raymond, Raymond Cottrell. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not very high on him.
0: No, no, I wasn't either. I actually didn't even, I didn't know who this guy was, Matt. I looked him up while you were talking about him, and I'm like, man, he's listed at yeah, 27. Yeah, no, I just know who this guy is.
2: <laughs> no, I, I mean, I'm personally not a big fan of him. He's one of the oldest players in the class. He's kind of a limited yeah. in his game. He's good after the catch, but, you know, doesn't bring it much outside of that
0: uh let's go to one of my guys here i'm i'm gonna talk about uh houston wide receiver mikhail harrison pilot he's listed as an athlete i believe he's got like a 93 rating that makes him like a mid four star i don't know what it is but every time i look at houston wide receivers i fall in love like consistently and it's kind of terrible i don't know why i have no i have no association to houston as a program (laughs) so uh but he comes in at 511 he's he's 180 i think or 190 um he I think he looks good. I think he really does. I I think I see him. I see him attack angles once he has the ball in his hand. So the fact that he understands angles means a lot to me. So I think those guys can actually develop into very good route runners. Uh, doesn't really have the alpha size. He won't have the alpha size. He's going to develop into a technician. Uh, Matthew Golden's already on the team. We just saw Nathaniel Dell here at the Senior Bowl and his little his little fancy footwork cross step thing that everyone's going to be thinking about for next year. So I I think hopefully he can learn from his teammates as well as the coaches on developing more of a technician uh route tree there. But uh, besides besides Matthew Golden, it's it's a thin depth chart. It's G five as a freshman year, so hopefully they can get to some blowouts early. He gets on the field early, and then they'll be going to the Power Five, and he'll get that tag of being a Power Five wide receiver. But athlete Michael Harris and pilot that is going to be my pick here.
1: Yeah. Houston was somewhere that I also looked at for wide receivers, which was going to lead into my next guy here. I did think McHale was a little bit interesting. You know, he was a guy who did a lot of a, uh, touched the ball out of the backfield as well. Did a couple of yeah. versatile things, but the guy that I went with is actually the guy that you guys actually have highly ranked on your CGC rankings right, right now at over on the campus Canton website. And that's Jonah Wilson, a wide receiver, uh, six 200 pounds, four star guy. Um, it's actually a converted quarterback. I think converted, uh, from quarterback in the second half of his sophomore season, uh, went to full time wide receiver in his junior season, in his junior season, produced like modest numbers, nothing crazy. And then he just blew up in his senior season. It kind of came all together for him over 1300 yards, uh, 13 touchdowns, had five kickoff returns, turned one of them for a touchdown as well. And he's an athletic guy. You guys have him clocked at 20.9 miles per hour, which uh, I don't know who does the recording of the time. Matt, is that something that you take that you do as well? Uh yeah, the a lot of
2: it is but yeah
1: yeah I don't know if you did this guy in specific or who did I was just wondering if it was on this play because he has a play in his huddle tape where he runs down a defender who intercepted the ball from in in his territory or uh, in the opponent's territory and almost returned it all the way he tracked him down from like the one yard line all the way to like the ten yard line on the side of the field and he showed some legit speed on that play so I was wondering if it was from that play but I'm not sure if it is
2: but uh no it, it I typically only use plays
1: with the, the ball carrier. Okay, so actually, I
2: remember the play. It was him running down the left sideline. I think it was either yes. either yeah. a screen or a kick return. That's the yeah. specific play I mentioned because I I only did his recently actually. So I actually remember his doing his time.
1: Yeah, but it definitely showed some impressive speed on that play. So I can see where that twenty point nine is coming from. Um, this guy's really impressive ball tracking ability for a guy who is a converted quarterback as well. Actually, had some pretty good hands. Now, you know what you can kind of expect from a guy who is a converted quarterback as well. He's not. Didn't run a ton of variety of routes, you know, showed a little bit of deception in the routes he did run, but didn't run a, a huge variety as well. This was a guy who was originally committed to Texas as well, maybe with all the other guys committing there and then bringing in A.D. Mitchell as well or whatever. He flips over to Houston. It was kind of speculated as well that he flipped over there because of the chance at early playing time. Um, so like like uh, Mike was saying a little bit earlier, they don't really have another threat outside Matthew Golden. Um, Mikhail Harrison probably would be another guy who could, probably make an impact there we'll we'll see you know Uh, I just think that one of these guys probably has a good chance to kind of break those year one thresholds that we're hoping for they bring in an interesting quarterback as well uh, from Texas Tech Donovan Smith really interesting kid with a big arm I think he's gonna be pretty decent over there so I think there's a good chance at least one of these guys can make an early impact so um, I'm going with Jonah Wilson wide receiver
2: now, I'm gonna take a second and break the rules here, just for continuity purposes, because Houston has another wide receiver in this class that I actually really like too. Yes, let's go. Welcome to the Houston <laughs> show. Oh <Joel>, yes, <laughs> Jacoby Banks. He's a converted quarterback. He was actually Chris Marshall, uh, now Ole Miss wide receiver, former Texas A&M quarterback. He was his quarterback during Marshall's senior in high school, and now mm-hmm. he converted wide receiver, and uh, he immediately put up you know a 1,200 yard receiving season. He's uh, I, he's going to be like more of that slot, you know, Nathaniel Dell type. So I, th- I don't think they really have anybody else there to take over that spot. I know Golden can move around a bit, but don't, I don't think they have any, you know, priority slot replacements there. So, and if you watch Banks, I mean, you turn the tape, he moves differently. He's a twitched up guy. I mean, he just looks like such a perfect guy to just throw in the slot. Extremely good after the catch. So uh, I, I really like his upside potential there to, uh, to kind of claim that spot. But he's outside 300 guy, so I just oh,
1: cheated okay. that That's okay. We can break the rules here. Anybody, If yeah, you yeah, think yeah. it's a good name, I'm I'm welcome to hear it. So throw him on my radar. That's good for me.
0: Matt put me on another quarterback convert last year, CJ Nelson. I don't know what it is about quarterback converts. But I just feel like they're such <laughs> better yak threats. I, I don't know because I guess mm-hmm. they're just used to seeing the field from a bigger view. And then once they're actually on the field, like, you know, in there, if they're you, like, I if, know where to go. If you
2: haven't watched Cameron Heard yet, I'd suggest it. But I don't want detour again. <laughs> okay
0: all right <laughs> uh amari evans too i know i'm gonna speak for all mm. three of us here saying that we're still we're still got our foot in the water for amari evans at penn state mm. he was another quarterback anyway but uh i do want to say this too cory about your guy jonah wilson when i first started looking into uh wide receiver freshman I, i'm just gonna tell you what you know what i did i went to the ohio state commit page or uh, offer page and i see who they offered so you know besides the outside <laughs> top group and i see what the bottom group is and that's like right where i started with my stuff. did they offer him yeah they offered him early. Oh, i didn't yeah. know that
1: actually i didn't know oh, that yeah. either actually so. well,
0: that's a good scoop yeah so they offered him early uh let me go on to my next guy here chris culver who was very, was he who's he who's he disrespected by? Was it 24-7 or on three that just straight up disrespected Colt Chris Culver? No, I think both played. of them
2: have him, I think, top 20 now. Okay, I just
0: remember him quote tweeting them a month ago about them. rankings and they uh, put him like he, outside the top. He something. used to
2: be really low, I believe. I think he used to be like outside of the top 50 guy,
0: yeah. Okay, so Chris Culver is going to UNC. I know I just talked about Tad Hudson there, but there is no uh. There's no wide receiver in that. That core is barren right now. They're bringing in Devontae Walker, who we've talked about multiple times. Big fans of him being the number one there, but uh, even besides that, Andre Green just couldn't touch the field. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a pretty thin room. Antoine Green also goes. Antoine Green and Josh Downs goes to the NFL draft, so I think he has an opportunity there to touch the field early. There's a Heisman QB, so we got to worry about who's throwing him the ball the freshman year. Uh, but he's a lanky guy good size great speed i think he does have some really good hip flexibility i think he runs decent routes again most most high school routes are pretty bland they're pretty much go routes and that's kind of what it is And some screens but i think he has some route ability upside just based on his on-field athletics that you can see there so chris colover is my guy for me i think he had like what like 1400 receiving yards this past year something insane
2: yeah i mean every north carolina wide receiver <laughs> puts up like 1500 yards every year so in that respect, it's not that impressive. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Culver, too, though. He, I mean, he's a top 20 wide receiver for me.
1: I think um, Mike might be. He, I know he's a Kentucky guy, obviously, but I think he's a closet UNC fan. I also think he might be a closet Miami fan. <laughs> So So, uh, SMU too, throw SMU. SMU, Yeah, we'll throw SMU. Those Miami,
2: those Miami wide receivers get you, man.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I don't know know what it is. (laughs) Okay. So I'll go on to um, my last guy here. Um, I'm going to talk about uh, Tayshaun Lyons, wide receiver going over to Washington. Uh, Four star kid. 6'3", 170 pounds, so, so very slender at that, that kind of height right now. It's probably one of my biggest concerns. Got to hope to see that number come up somehow. It's a big jump to make to kind of fill out that 6'3 frame. So that's kind of one of the dings on his things, but he is one of the faster wide receivers you guys have recorded as well, uh, 22.2 miles per hour, huge athletic upside. Uh, he, he's a track athlete. He jumped. He ran as well. Um, went over 1,000 yards this past season. Accounted for 36 touchdowns over the past two years. Uh, scored them multiple ways as well as a rusher, receiver, uh, returner, even returned an interception for one as well, playing DB on the other side. Um, and he actually had 32 rushing attempts uh, last year for 208 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, most came like kind of like end rounds or like gadgety stuff, uh, but he did have some pure reps out of the backfield as well. Kind of like dual backfield stuff, but still uh, nice to see that kind of versatility that he does have. The first thing that's going to jump out when you kind of watch this guy is, is going to be that speed, right? Like routinely looked faster than everybody on the field um, pulled away from, from secondaries pretty easily pretty effective in the screen game. I wouldn't call him like the most sudden mover at that kind of lanky build as well, but um, kind of expected at that size, but he did do pretty well on some of the screens, a uh, good concentration at the catch point, kind of excelled in those 50, 50 situations. Um, didn't run an extensive route tree either. Um, we'll probably still need to kind of continue to be refined, but he did play all over the lineup as well. Uh, showed off some nice release work in the rent, in the red zone as well. So there is kind of some tools there to work with that I think could help him develop a little bit more of his route running tree. Um, I would have been a lot more excited about the Washington landing spot if one of uh, Romo Dunze or uh, Jalen McWilliam decided to declare. But unfortunately, they return, um, and they have Jalen Polk over there who is no slouch as well. So chances of him kind of breaking those year one thresholds are kind of very, very slight at this point. Um, so, you know, with them returning, it's probably going to be more of like a 2024 thing before we kind of even see him. So he's a tad bit unrefined. You've kind of got some things working against him, but that athletics upside is very tantalizing and it's a very high powered offense over at Washington. Even after all these guys leave, I'm sure they're going to find a way to keep being that high powered offense. So I've got some faith that he can possibly flash a little, maybe with that offense, they're going to blow out some teams. He can get in at the end of games and hopefully break some of those, uh, year one, zero thresholds.
2: Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Lions. Uh, yeah, yeah I, he's a top twenty wide receiver for me too. Uh, like you said, there is some concern there if he does end up breaking the year one zero. He wasn't a priority guy for Washington. He was kind of a late riser mm-hmm. for the services too. So uh, I don't think they, you know, they view him as like you know this talent we have to get on the field. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, they do spread the ball around a good bit. So that does give me you know, a little bit of hope. You know, they don't just feed one guy at least they. They have, usually got like five or six wide receivers, to, you know, solid production. So uh, there's a chance he could sneak in there. But, you know, like you say, he definitely has a lot of work to do still.
0: Matt, we, uh, we're we out of guys. you got to tell us who all your guys are now. Oh,
2: man. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. So how
0: many more do I have? I did notice that you try to slide on someone that's probably 5'8", and we just do not do that on this show.
2: Uh, who am I trying to slide on?
0: Is it Eugene Wilson the third? Is he not like?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's, I think he's like five ten. But okay,
1: uh, that's right, that's. Alfred's like, really big on, really on time. Hey, we gotta give Florida some love, man. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <'cause> we, <laughs> like, have, you, have, you have you watched?
2: Water. Have the you watched guys. Eugene Wilson? Yeah. He's got fun tape, man. I know he's switched there, up. There's, just... there's not many wide receivers in this class that can move like him. He's, I think he's special in that, you know, uh, facet. I would almost argue he should be playing corner just by the way he moves. Mm. Uh, just the, the short area movement skills are just incredible. Uh, after the catch ability, return ability, super high. Not going to be, you know, a guy that's going to impress you with his ball skills, really. He's a, he's a, not really fighting for much there. But I think, in, you know, he can thrive well in the slot, you know, in college and at the next level at the NFL, potentially. He's going to be able to get open, and he's going to be able to uh, gain yards after the catch consistently. I think... You know, he's kind of a one-trick pony in that regard, but I think if you're good enough at your one-trick, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, we we talk about that, too.
0: Role players, I, you, you want the versatile assets at the next level, you know, Stephon Dix, Guys, you can move around your formation, but there are some elite singular role players out there. So, yeah, you got a good point there. I did look him up. He's 5'11", 165, so I have no idea. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I didn't think he was that small. I don't know, man. I'm thinking like Aaron Anderson in my head, but Florida got a guy like that. I don't know who I'm
1: thinking of now. 165 so. hertz, obviously, no. but, I mean, I just talked about a guy yeah. who's 6'3", 170 pounds, so. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm really not worried about wide receiver weight
2: in general, but especially not high school wide receiver weight, so. uh, Yes, yeah, so let's, uh, we don't have to do all of these guys, I, you know, just the more the merrier, I figured. Uh, Vandrevious oh, sure. Jacobs, I think it's probably a priority we should talk about. Uh, he's another senior breakout, Florida State commit, six foot, 167, so a very skinny guy. Very much built like you know Devonta Smith when you pull up the tape, it's kind of hard not to see it. He's got really long arms too. He just physically looks like Devonta Smith. And he's not the technician of like a Devonta, but he's a, a very explosive athlete. Uh, he led Florida in pretty much every statistical category, receiving category this year. Uh, playing decent competition, not the best Florida competition, but at least you know mid level, high to mid level. Um, and he just has a super well-rounded skill set. I mean, he showed he can win all levels of field. He's deadly after the catch. Awesome ball skills. I mean, he's super aggressive with the ball in the air. There's just not much to hate. I mean, I, I want to see him, you know, get better, you know, in-route DB manipulation, more release packages. That's not really stuff he's showing off because he really just doesn't need to to be toasting these guys, you know, with his abilities, but... Uh, i'm pretty confident i think there's a good chance he could produce right away at florida state over like a high key Williams i know they do have some guys returning guys there like johnny Wilson, but i i think he uh you know just has a better opportunity to play right away with his skill set
0: yeah i i think they're a really good offense too i think they can have some blowout wins early and they can get on the field a hundred percent and we are worried about uh they don't like have any young guys. Like I, I can't remember any young wide receivers they got coming up at all. So they brought in a lot of transfers last year. I know McLean left. Uh, so yeah, I, I definitely like the opportunity there for him. Uh I'm I am going to bring up your last guy. I'll talk about a little bit. I like Joshua Manning too. Uh, the Mizzou commit. I believe he's a six foot three, 200 guy. My notes are very bland on him though. Cause I actually wanted to write his name down initially. And then I was like, I got to go back and rewatch. I haven't seen him in a very long time. But you want to talk Joshua Manning just real briefly?
2: Yeah, he's like a, a very explosive vertical jump ball guy, you know, down the field threat, not the fastest straight line. I think we have him 20.8 miles per hour, somewhere in that 20.5 to 21. It's not a burner, but he's, you know, you, you turn on the tape, you can see immediately he can fly. Like he has an incredible vertical leap. And he, uh, he's really good after the catch too, not the most refined. And uh, you know, for CTC, I mean, he's going to an awful offense. But debbie wise I guess that doesn't really matter quite as much. So uh, you know, why not? Right. Uh, let's move on to uh, let's move
0: on to our, our deep here. Now, Matt's favorite position is wide receiver. My favorite position is kicker, but we can't do that for Debbie purposes. So <laughs> I stick with wide receiver as my favorite. Uh, and then talking and then oh my gosh, and then talking about uh, wide receivers here. Corey, by the way, you're missing out on not being a wide receiver guy. But the year one zero theory, yeah, there is. But that's that's (laughs) fun of it. uh, Cuts off at the top 300, so uh, because the chances of being drafted outside of that range severely drops. So it's uncharted waters. We're not saying it doesn't correlate. We're not saying it does. We just haven't personally navigated that area. Uh, So. There have been very prolific three stars in the NFL. I believe the NFL dropped like their All American list or whatever, and they showed all the three stars from the skill position group. And I think Justin Jefferson was one. I know, I know, Chris Olave was a three star too back in college. Uh, but I do believe that we have. Uh, team members on the analytics team expanding the study. I'm not really sure where they are on that. I don't want to say their names I don't want to throw them out there and give them work to do. But uh <laughs> some some three stars have beat the year one zero model. Camden Brown was a call I had last year, the Auburn wide receiver, and Auburn hasn't brought in anybody else really. So I'm kind of excited about his next step. Uh Dylan Bru- <laughs> Dylan Bell was someone that Corey liked. He called him out. He's there for um he's there for Georgia. Oh my gosh, I we forgot about him. And then Chris Bell was a very popular call out done by Matt here, who I I have quite a few shares of myself uh, for the Louisville wide receiver. That's like six foot two, 220, just absolute speed freak. And now he gets a coach with an air raid offense. Anyway, Chris Bell is going to be very exciting. Uh, So we're going to, we're doing a, a uh, Felix Sharp special, and we're going to shoot from deep. And I just want you guys to pick out like two guys outside the top 300 that you think can be, can be hits here. I'm going to throw it to Matt first
2: yeah well you chose my number one pick but my number two pick is Jalen Smith uh, Michigan State commit six foot one 190 pounds uh, you've heard me say it's a ton today but extremely late breakout in the process uh, he was actually high school teammates with Matthew golden so he got overshadowed during his junior year Matthew golden senior year and then this year he got to really step up and beat a guy in the offense uh, he played all over the field quarterback running back wide receiver. And we try and tape take? He, 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 super versatile skill set. I mean he's really good after the catch as you would imagine. But he can also go up and get the ball. He's really has really good ball skills, really aggressive, uh, with the ball in the air, which is something you'd love to see, uh, you know, especially for someone that's not huge. He's six foot one listed, so he's probably only actually six foot. Um, yeah, I just, you know, it just, you don't see a lot of guys like that in the class that have such a well rounded skill set. Uh, he's not the most refined player. You know, he's, you know, playing three positions. I don't really expect him to be. Um, but I think he can come in. He has a different skill set than all the other Michigan State wide receivers, really. So I think he could definitely carve out a role there and uh, succeed. I
0: love it. Absolutely. I'm going to flip it over to me real quick because he said i stole this guy was it shamar porter uk wide receiver
2: uh, no no definitely not the guy that is in my top 15 definitely yeah. not shamar yeah. okay
0: okay All right. well, i was hoping there was some love there for kentucky because we talk so much hate about kentucky around the show even though i'm a kentucky alumni here but i'm gonna talk about shamar porter six foot three 200 he was on he was on your freak list, Matt, when you guys dropped that article in the summer, which was very exciting, by the way. Uh, so, Shamar Porter is a verified athletic freak on the field. Actually, do you want to talk about the freak list real quick? Because I don't have a little numbers in front of me, but maybe you haven't memorized because you're just a computer.
2: Uh, no, but he had uh, 21 miles per hour. He had really good uh, shuttle time. I believe like a four-second flash shuttle time, something like that, which is super impressive for a guy his size.
0: Yeah. Doesn't uh, show up on I tape, would... though. Yeah. I did notice in the recent update for 24-7 Sports that he dropped outside of 300, so I kind of cheesed it, and I picked him because he was ranked at 301. But uh, I I hit up the chat, and I asked guys because I was like, yeah, I've been out of uh, the freshman game for like a good month or two, asking why he dropped. And I I think it was – I can't remember who said it, but someone said that he just didn't take steps forward his senior year, and that was just – And I have not watched his senior year tape. So I was – Banking on the athletics here, I think he's a better recruit than Dane Key was coming out. Uh, Kentucky is kind of a, well, was last year a barren wide receiver core, uh, but this year now we obviously have, we have Dane Key that's established, we have Barry Brown established, and we have Tavion Robinson coming back that's established. But with this size and this athletics, I think he can have a special role here in this offense. He at least get some exposure out here. And we have seen Dane Key fall off as production goes once Barry and Brown got established in the in the core. With the exception of the bowl game, I think Dane Key bounced back in that game. But outside of that, it's very clear drop off production for Dane Key. So I I think Shamar Porter is actually a really underrated recruit just from a verified athletic uh, perspective. And and Kentucky as a as a program has done better at producing wide receivers here. Uh, I can see it in their recruitment too. A lot of the recruited players are kind of like, I think I made this joke to joke to Matt that it was um, it's like discount Alabama players where they look for these like really fast speedsters, almost these like quick twitches they can, but like real they're very deep. You know, they got some red flags in their profile for sure. But Shamar Porter is a verified athlete, has the NFL size that you want for like an alpha wide receiver. And he's going to a room that's a little bit thin. But, again, a rising program as far as Debbie goes.
1: Yeah, he'll have to be somebody that I take a look at it. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm definitely not as deep on this entire list as you guys are. Um, it's also part of the reason why I only have one guy, really, for this list past the 300. I haven't really looked at Wait, a lot or of you're guys. you're not looking at guys down in the 600s and 900s? No, not really. <laughs> not as much as you guys do. I rely on you guys for that. Uh, <laughs> recruiting team. They're doing great, great work. So um, the one thing I do do, though, is I I tend to try to look at teams that have openings, right? Um, one of those teams is Arkansas right now, and they only bring in one wide receiver this recruiting class so far, and he's at number three hundred and fifty-four on uh, 247 Composite right now, and that's Davian Dozier, or Dozier, I'm not sure how to say his name exactly, but he's a three-star kid, 6'3 uh, three uh, 200 pounds, uh, over 2,100 yards and 31 touchdowns over the past two years, including multiple games over 200 yards in his senior season, so he really took that big step forward in his senior season. Um, you guys only have him clocked at 20.4 miles per hour, um, which isn't obviously the fastest, not the slowest either, it's a fine speed. Um, he's kind of like that big physical deep threat, kind of the ball with his hands didn't really run a big a variety of routes as well they kind of just threw him yolo balls if you watch it in the huddle, in the huddle tape right um he's routinely coming down in between like multiple defenders as well it kind of gave me flashes to what um Traylon burks was them was for them earlier in his career. Um, he's just a big physical guy that they were throwing the ball up to back in like the Felipe Franks days. And, and when they had, uh, KJ Jefferson, just spotlighting every now and then, um, he would make ridiculous catches down the field. It was kind of something that Davion was doing a lot of the time in his tape. I know. I'm not exactly making that comparison here. They're, they're different players. I'm just saying that's a role that he could kind of fill, uh, for this team, kind of that downfield threat, you know? And if you look at, at this Arkansas team, they just lost their top four receivers from a year ago. They did add some faces in the portal. Nobody really like, like huge high class. Dozier is, like I said before, the first and only wide receiver recruit that Arkansas has brought in this year. Um, they're going to return KJ Jefferson, um, for a little stability this year. Um, they added Jacoby Criswell from UNC, who some people also like another guy that could kind of carry the torch going into next year. So with all the turnover at the wide receiver position, I wouldn't be surprised to kind of see Dozier get some reps early and maybe do enough to break some of those year one, uh, year one, zero thresholds.
2: Yeah, I'm actually a pretty big Dozier fan too. Uh, yeah. I mean I was now I'm not that big compared to where the services are on him, but I was higher on him going to the season than the services were. What really stands out to me is his ability after the catch as a player his size, especially how long he is, you know, he, 6'3, six three, six four. I think he moves really well laterally. That's something that really stuck out to me early mm-hmm. in his tape. Um Are we going to mine next? Absolutely, Matt. Yeah. Let's hear it. I have Jackson Harris down. I mean, I could go all day if you didn't stop me with two. This is kind of <laughs> where I thrive as the outside of 300. <laughs> but uh, I, Jackson Harris I guess, is my next highest-rated guy that uh, qualifies there. Stanford commit, 6'3", 195. Uh, another awesome athlete. We got him at 21.5 miles per hour. Um, and he, he's pretty impressive because he showed that he could win at all levels of field. He's very good after the catch for, you know, like I just said, Dozier. For a 6'3", 3 195-pound guy, he moves very good laterally. Punt returner, kick returner, uh, you know, good with screens too. But on top of that, you know, big time down the field threat as well. He can go up and get the ball, uh, and he dominated statistically this year. I think he had 1,400 yards, 1,600 yards, and well over du- double digit touchdowns. So there's a ton to like there. And uh, with this new look Stanford offense, I hope it can you know at least lead to some more wide receiver production.
1: Oh, but I guess it doesn't matter for Devin. Sorry. Hey, production matters. Production absolutely <laughs> it matters. It does
2: matter,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it absolutely matters. <laughs> part of the equation. Yeah. Uh, but let's let's go on to my guy here that Matt was referencing earlier. We're going to talk about Keon Brown, the Oklahoma wide receiver commit. Uh, he's 340. He's a very low four-star, barely passing the cut there. Uh, last time I had for him miles per hour is 21.2 miles per hour. Wasn't very productive his senior year uh 21 catches for 544 yards and six touchdowns that's on eight games uh he did have some carries he had some kick returns averaging 32 yards and got one back for a touchdown showcasing good versatility i like his athletics on the field too i think he can he shows some really quick feet for somebody his size he's 6 foot 3 190 as far as like fast footwork goes like you shouldn't be having fast footwork the way he does uh as far as production goes I, that offense was not did not care to pass the ball that much, uh, so I, I don't think it was really him holding him back. It's just high school football; some teams just can't throw, and that's just a thing. But he goes to Oklahoma, who does produce wide receivers. Here we got Levy from, uh, man, I, he came from Ole Miss, right? Am I making that up, or is that he came from Ole Miss initially, right? I'm gonna move forward. Yeah, everyone just ignored yeah, and I, just made I, that I, statement. I, I don't that know. statement. <laughs> no but uh, he goes to Oklahoma. Oklahoma has Jackson Arnold coming in. We love Jackson Arnold as a QB commit. There's no real wide receivers on that roster that we talk about for Debbie between me and Corey at all, like 0%. There's just no one there. I know I was a little bit excited about Nick Anderson. last year. actually think he a better route run than he was given with his low athletic upside, but didn't test the field. So let's just forget about that. There is nobody on this offense for Debbie. And even like the guys that are sticking around for seniors, I think they're just kind of disappointing. They, they lose Marvin Mims to the draft. I think it's what Drill Farouk. I know Theo Weiss is gone. So it's kind of barren, but they have the QB situation locked down. They're a team that doesn't struggle to develop, uh, like, you know, linemen and stuff like that. So opportunities here at the verified metrics for uh, athleticism is there. And he's shown some really quick footwork. And that's something you can develop into being more in route running chops. So Keon Brown is my pick here. Um, I, we do have some guys that have some connections to some schools and the word is at that school that maybe he's not going to get much playing time year once. So I know some people lowered his, his name, but Keon Brown is my pick. Matt is inside his top 20. I think Keon Brown is actually my wide receiver 15. So he's inside my top 20.
2: Uh, Yeah. I mean, he's my wide receiver 11. I actually watched uh, all five full games available of them charted all five of them. So, I'm very high on him. Um, just, I guess, a good uh, note that could explain the kind of he is. I, in one of the games I watched in the series of five offensive plays, he scored three times, and all of them were over seventy yards, which was very impressive. So he scored. His team, you know, defense got the ball back, scored again in the first play, then got the ball back and then scored again on the third play that drive. <laughs> so just incredible, high ceiling guy. Incredible big play potential. Uh, he ha- he was very banged up this year. He had several different injuries throughout the year, so that limited his production. Um, but outside of that, he's also a really high-effort guy. Uh, he's not the most refined player. I think better than he- he'll he be given credit for. But he's a high-effort guy. He blocks hard. He runs his routes hard, You know even when he knows he's not getting the ball. Team leader or team captain. So uh, I just think there's so much there to like. I don't know why the the, the services are fading him so so hard. Like a guy with this kind of upside, like maybe I'm a bit too high on him, but I don't think any of the I think ESPN has him in the fifties or the thirties or the forties, but everyone else he's outside the fifties for sure.
0: That wraps up our sleepers, guys. Let's go on to Corey's favorite position, running backs. Yeah. Last year we got spoiled with I mean with a lot of exciting three star running backs. We had Quinshon Juggins with which the uh, recruiting team had him down there as a, as a tier two guy right away, a top 10 running back. I want to say he was seven in last year's guide. I do not remember off the top of my head, but Quinshot Jenkins was a three-star. Uh, we had Darn Damian Martinez. They're all high on Ashton. Gentry, they're high on Andrew Paul who had glowing reports coming out of camp. I mean, I know we're all excited about Branson Robinson now, but what would the world have been if, if it was Andrew Paul actually out there instead of Branson. So, uh, and those are just the what that so that we'll never get the answers to back from an ACL here. We'll see how he looks, but again, overall last year's class was extremely excited to find gems in and i want to ask matt since you go so deep you think we can find a few gems the way like the way it doesn't compare
2: yeah no unfortunately not we just did our three-star show over at the official for uh running backs and it's it's barren like there there's some guys i'll hitch my wagon on for cff upside but you know, three stars, there's only like one out that that's in my top 15 for running backs. When well, last year there was three or four maybe. So, uh, there's just really nobody that has that high upside that I'm really willing to bet on. So, and I'm not going to force it just to be different. So, there's just not much you can really do with this class in that regard. Did you talk about that said three star on the official, the one that's inside your top 15? Yes, I did, yeah. Okay. He's you on my list be... today, too.
0: Oh, okay. I was about to say, I don't want to steal all your content, but we'll do it. We don't care. We'll oh, do
2: it. no, it's only, it's only one. <laughs> <back>. it's
0: only- <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, let's get into it, Then let's talk about names outside the top 20 running backs. Again, a month ago, we talked about inside the top 20. Let's talk about names outside the top 20. I'm going to throw it to Matt here first. As our guest, he should always be going first.
2: Uh, yeah, so my first pick was super easy. Here, I went with Isaiah Augustov Augustav. I'm sorry, it's hard to pronounce it sometimes.
0: Is it not Augustave? Uh, no, I it's, it's
2: it fancy for <laughs> A little it's a, fancy on the e I believe you pronounce it. Augustav. All right. It's it's hard to pronounce sometimes. Um, going to Arkansas, six foot two, two hundred five pounds, uh, massively built, extremely good straight line speed, twenty one point seven miles per hour. Uh, I, I really think he can be, you know, the next future back for them once Raheem leaves. Uh he has, you know, not you know, he, he's not a receiver like Raheem, but his ceiling is just so incredibly high. One of the highest ceilings in this class. Uh, his big knockback is that he was not a starting running back in high school this year. His teammate is going to uh FPS as well, Kendrick uh Kendrick Raphael going to NC State. Another pretty good running back. He's undersized, 180. Uh, and he was kind of like you know the leader on the team. Augustov was a uh, low, or, uh, late riser, so it kind of excused it a bit. And you know, the senior year they did end up splitting carries a lot more. So I'm not overly worried about it. he's going to be an anomaly. You know, analytically, uh, my model hates him because of that. But I, I'm pretty confident he's going to be a, a, an outlier that does work out there.
0: I have a question for you because me and you made a trade in the program. Uh, Keon Brown for uh, Isaiah Augustave. I'm receiving Keon Brown. You received uh, Isaiah. Mm-hmm. The reason why I pulled that trigger on that trade was because I, I couldn't find any receiving film on him. And then when I looked to go see the stats, I saw zero receiving work in his stats. Does this uh, man catch the ball?
2: Uh, I don't know. We we okay. don't know. They they are they run a super old school, like wing T offense. So they, they just don't throw the ball. They just grind power every play. So uh, we don't know. I Frankly, don't think it matters what the kind of runner he is. I mean, it's going to be hard to keep him off the field. Honestly, I think, I, even though they managed to do it in high school, but so it may sound a little hypocritical. But I, yeah. I'm pretty confident about him. He's he's a, solidly in my top ten for the running backs in this class, and I was very surprised he was not in the consensus or the composite top twenty. Yeah, I saw that. I thought that he was once upon a time. But I don't know, there must be wondering. one service just dragging him down because most of them have him in the, the, their top tens. I think so. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Let me let me talk about another Kentucky player. This yeah, is a surprise, Kentucky this surprise. <laughs> it is a surprise, actually. I'll tell you what. Uh, but Jamarion Wilcox, I, I liked him a lot. I think uh his nickname is Lightning Bolt or something like that. I've seen I've seen his teammates mention that a few times. But uh he um he's listed at different sizes here. He's listed at five seven on twenty-four-seven, but he's also listed at five ten on on three. when I watch his tape, he's clearly not a five seven running back. I can spot those guys from a mile away, I'll tell you that. But I think he's in the 5'9 to 5'10 range. He's 195 pounds at listed. He committed to Kentucky. He was a late riser, uh, and he averaged nine yards. A carry was very, very productive his senior year. Uh, I think he looks good. He also has some receiving chops, too. There's, like, one big highlight play of him catching a deep ball, but if you can catch one deep ball, I'm pretty assuming that he can catch the dump-offs just fine. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about his hands at that point as far as running backs go. Kentucky has an empty room. Uh, Raymond Davis is there, the Vandy commit. Uh, who knows? He might have a bunion surgery or whatever old people get nowadays. But uh, by by next year, it, it's going to be an open field again. And so we'll see who rises up to the challenge. I was a deep sleeper Lavelle Wright fan, but uh, he actually, I think, didn't see any more targets. I mean, sorry, not targets, rushing attempts this year than last year. So I'm not really holding my breath on that that take anymore. So this room is empty. Hucky does put running backs into the NFL. Now, it's been day three for, for Benny Snow, who got a little bit of random hype his freshman year, which I, I think is funny, but good for him. <laughs> uh, and then Chris Rod, who uh, had some trouble this year. He probably should have gone last year to the draft, but Chris Rod is probably going to be another day three guy. So Kentucky does have running backs going to the draft. At least we have that going for us. But uh, Jamarion Wilcox, man, he's been productive late riser. As a runner, I think he runs hard. Shows some nice elusiveness, too. Like, he's kind of slippery. I can't really say he's elusive. He's slippery is what he is. Uh, Any comment on Jamarion
1: from the guys? Yeah, I actually looked at him kind of in in looking at this list and I was thinking about him as an option. But um, he does did a lot of good things. Very productive in his, his senior season as well. Over 2,000 yards rushing, over 30 touchdowns as well. So very productive there. I did kind of find that he had like... Like even just watching on tape, I guess, you know, sometimes I'm looking at this with running backs, but he had kind of skinny legs, skinny legs. And, but he did bounce off contact pretty good. I'll I'll give him that. Not, not a guy that's going to like push a pile or anything like that, but he did kind of seem like he had some, some skinny legs. You guys had him clocked at 20.5 miles per hour as well. Definitely didn't seem like a burner, maybe more quick in in smaller spaces or whatever, but he's an interesting guy, at least, especially with that room kind of opening up um, after, uh, Ramon Davis leaves uh, Ramon Davis. I still call him that all the time. I'll, I'll never stick with Ray. I don't know why he changed it to Ray. It doesn't make any sense. Ramon was way cooler, but, <laughs> uh, I guess I think he's trying to follow his dad's footsteps. I think his dad's name is Ray, but anyways, um. yeah so interesting guy there I'll go on to my first guy here a guy that I believe Matt likes quite a bit too when I was looking at his rankings I think he has him pretty high uh, a running back going to Illinois by the name of Caden Feagan I think is how you say his name 6'3 what Fagan, there you go so was 6'3 six, uh, six, was listed at 225 pounds as a recruiter 227 he checked into Illinois at 239 pounds so he's tipping the scales he's a pretty big boy so he's not going to be everybody's cup of tea at that size but you're talking to a guy who was a very big aj Dillon fan is a fan of josh mccray who's also over here as well so this is kind of i like these bigger backs sometimes um he's a four-star athlete played both the defense and offense um he was really a man amongst boys when you watch him on his tape just like nobody could bring him down he's just running through everybody um he mostly played wildcat quarterback and and kind of an in the box strong safety i would say um but you guys have him clocked at 21 miles per hour. That's 6'3". 225 pounds when you, is when you guys probably clocked him at 21 miles per hour. Like, that's, that's some good speed. It's a little bit of build-up speed for a guy that big. You know, like watching A.J. Dillon sometimes, he looked a little bit slow uh, kind of out the gate, but impressive footwork for that size. You know, this is a guy who returned kicks as well, had some really big returns as well, even returned a punt return for a touchdown. Um, and then even on the defensive side of the ball, he's pretty outstanding too two picks, uh, one return for a touchdown, 82 tackles, and two sacks last year. So um, he is listed as a running back at Illinois, so I don't think we have to worry too much about him going to defense unless something happens there. Um, we just had Chase Brown leave. He just led the Big Ten in rushing, over 320 attempts, 1,700 yards. Um, they have some guys there, like the aforementioned Josh McCray, like Reggie Love, who is there who got a little bit of time. Both these guys pretty unimpressive to me, but I, you never know how this is going to kind of play out in the college world. I don't know how, how, if he can get on the field in year one. Obviously, we don't have no RB1 zero theory or year one zero theory, so it's not as big of a deal. If he doesn't get on the field in year one, I still think he's he's pretty impressive he's going to have a little bit of a learning curve, never being used kind of like in the traditional sense as an r b uh, you know, you kind of running that wildcat and not really taking, you know, a five-step I form drop for, uh, formation running play. Um, so he just, but he just has this raw play strength and athleticism that, you know, he's probably going to be able to uh, at least adapt early on, rely on that early on. And while he develops, so he's a super interesting prospect going to take some time to need refinement, but I-, I like him going over here to to Illinois.
2: Yeah, he's actually my RB eight in the class. But yeah, see, there you go. A good part of that is considering his CFF upside. I think he could legitimately come in and end up being the starter this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think his you know his upside is very close to like a Braylon Allen, uh, who I was very high on coming in. You know, a lot of people thought he might play linebacker. That was also the rumors with Fagan for a little bit. Um, but you know, not a guy that you know, I'm think he's going to be like you know a day one or two pick. No, you know, definitely a draftable guy who can, you know, have a role in the NFL for sure. Um, who's my next? Oh, Cameron Cook, who you're going to poo-poo on, I'm sure. But uh, (laughs) he's 5'11", 185, so not the biggest running back. But uh, in the studies, you know, Chris Moxley's done, on average running backs will put on uh, 12 pounds going to P5 colleges. So I'm not overly concerned about the weight. I think he can get to 200. He's a fantastic receiver, so... That kind of aids in that. Um, he's going to TCU. I don't think I said that. Not you know the most blazing straight line speed guy. I think the fastest I've got him at is 20.5, 20.8. But uh, I think he has a ten, eight hundred meter, so that kind of backs up his speed a little bit more. Moves really good laterally. Uh, pretty good you know, physicality, too, for a running back his size. He's not plowing guys over, but he's running through contact much more than you would expect. And uh, TCU doesn't really have, you know, a guy in that room. I think he could become that, especially, you know, year two, year three, potentially. Uh, oh, also, he's a very strong guy, over a 500-pound squat, which you'd love to see out of your smallbacks.
0: I don't know if I'm mixing him up with the running back going to Washington, but one of those two guys.
2: Oh, Tyro Rogers?
0: Yeah, one of those two guys runs he's, with the ball very strong, high man. up, and I'm like, you're just going to get that thing stripped every single time. I remember seeing that. All right, let me get into my next guy here, Jordan Louis, Uh three-star going to UNC. Me and Corey have talked probably about uh, George Petaway and Amarian Hampton. I think we're both out. We were never really in to begin with. They each have individually great skill sets, um, but not, not as uh, complete running backs. Jordan Louis is just one of those guys that checks all the boxes, with the exception of being an athlete on the field. He's not much of an athlete, and so that kind of caps his upside, I believe. I believe you guys can go catch his miles per hour time on the official, but if I'm going to incorrectly quote it, I want to say it was like 20.5. Is that right, Matt? I
2: think it might be even less than that. It's not he, great. Yeah. yeah.
0: Not a straight line yeah. burner, but he, he he shows good, good pass catching ability. He, I think he's a good runner. Uh, again, at, at the high school level, it's hard to be like, yeah, he just, he just sheds like these little kids off him. I mean, some of these linebackers are like, you know, they're 120 pounds, six foot five, and their name is Timmy, you know? So, uh it's 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 kind of hard to evaluate how good they're gonna be at that but i thought as a, as a runner on film he did everything he he did everything blocking as far as that pass blocking catching the ball being a great runner shedding some tackles showing flashes of elusiveness but not really uh just checks all the boxes and that's a backfield that's open i know me and Corey talked i think one say two or three weeks ago that i was surprised looking up UNC stats and seeing that Drake May was a leading rusher on that team, I did not Mm -hmm. think that was going to happen that day when I woke up, but there's no running back in that backfield. So Jordan Louis is my three-star pick here.
1: Yeah, and another UNC guy for Mike. (laughs) So I'm pretty sure his search criteria was just UNC, (laughs) Kentucky. (laughs) So anyways, yeah, that's a fine pick there. I'm going to move over to uh, Louisville and talk about a guy that I think you guys are all pretty low on looking at the rankings that you guys have, which is fine. Here I'm here. I'm looking at for the opportunity a little bit with Louisville, and I'm going to talk about Ke'on Brown, Kayon Brown. not sure how to say his name exactly, uh, a three-star prospect, so go dipping into the three stars a little bit. Um, and uh, like I was talking about skinny legs with Jamarion Wilcox, this guy does not have skinny legs. He's a very stout uh, lower half. He's 5'9", 205 pounds. Um, very impressive high school career. Over 8,000 scrimmage yards. Uh, and accounted for over ninety touchdowns in the past two years alone uh twenty seven hundred yards rushing and three thousand yards from uh, from scrimmage uh in each of his final two seasons caught almost seventy balls over his career as well um broke off a lot of a good uh, long runs in high school as well really good field vision not the fastest guy I don't believe though I think you guys have him clocked somewhere around twenty point five miles per hour which is which is plenty fast but it wasn't something that overly out about his game even though he was breaking long runs he just wasn't really pulling away as much as you would have liked to see um you know he kind of bounces off tacklers can slip ankle tackles not going to be the kind of guy who's going to hit you with like a like a hard jump cut or anything but she still shows off some creativity you know changes his patience the tempo the contact balance the footwork you know, he even returned a few kicks as well so very well-rounded guy in my opinion and then you go to the situation at louisville uh, kind of interesting obviously Jeff Brom not really known for his running back usage but last year had a, a Devin Mockaby, a running back over there who I think is a little bit interesting as well he's eager to see how he does after now Jeff Brom but he went over a 1000 scrimmage yards last year used him as a dual threat out of the backfield as well threw the ball to him as well um Louisville is going to be losing three members of its backfield I think they returned that Joar Jordan guy who was the leader last year but he's going to be a fifth year player um he was really only leading rusher out of being like the mainly the healthiest guy in the room last year. I wasn't doing anything to really wow anybody. So I really think with, with with one's like lengthy resume, his experience and how well he did in high school, he has a good chance to maybe contribute in year one. I'm not sure exactly how high of an upside he has for the NFL. Cause he kind of seems like a good do it all guy, not necessarily an elite at one thing type of guy, but I think he could push for playing time pretty early in his career. Yeah, you know? I actually have him in my tier two. I, I mean, my grade on him isn't that great, but
2: he yeah. makes that cutoff. And I think he's in David and the Alfreds as well. So our, our raw grades on him aren't that high, but he's within that cutoff. I see him as more of a CFF back. Yes, uh, yeah. it, it is great great sign that Brom did bring him along with him uh, on the transfer over there. That does show that you know he's at least coveting him a little bit. So uh, you know, I I like him. It's just you know, I just don't love the top you know high
1: end upside. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. There is some concern here that I think he could just be more of a CFF asset. But then, even as Dan, mm-hmm. I think in C 2 C leagues, which is also part of Devi, I think he's a decent like later round pick. Maybe you can throw get some production out of, them, sure. and then we'll just see, right? We'll see what happens.
0: Mm-hmm. You love Devin Maggabi, dude. You love him. You talk about I him all d- the time.
1: He's I don't I like talk McAbee about him. Too. I don't talk about him all the time, but he's good. He doesn't get no respect, man. Nobody talks about mm-hmm. him. He did good, especially considering like nobody we'll talk about it another time, whatever. But <laughs> considering that, that that Brom never really had running backs do anything and this guy just comes out of nowhere and does it's like I was pretty impressed.
2: Yeah. yeah. I think he's better off with Satterfield, too now. Yeah. I'm going to pick a guy
0: that Corey can never pronounce in a million years. And that's going to be Amarion Peterson, USC running back. <laughs> that's
1: not even that hard. Every time with my guy. <laughs> you can,
0: yeah, I mean, Corey, we we're used to you not pronouncing names right. Don't ever okay. apologize for pronouncing my names wrong on this yeah. show. It's a part Sounds of the show good. now. It's a part <laughs> of the bit. <laughs> Uh, but Amarian uh, Peterson, a USC running back, I think he's a great athlete. I like him more than Quentin Joyner. I just, I just couldn't see it on Quentin Joyner's tape. I I saw – I didn't get called out directly, but months ago, someone's like, someone's taking Quentin Joyner's score. It's absolutely me. But uh, I just can't see it with Joyner. Uh, USC rotates running backs, uh, so – this is really not like I'm calling this shot, but I'm not feeling good about it because Luke Lincoln Riley doesn't stick with running backs. I think he had one like the last ten years where he gave the Rock to a, a decent amount.
2: He's had a few thousand rushers. Candy Brooks, Trey Sermon, just a couple off the top of my head.
0: Brooks was in a rotation though. He was like a you know, he had like Brooks, Brooks was, Brooks was multiple, like the
2: main... multiple time thousand yard rusher, I'm pretty sure. All
0: right. Well, they brought in Eric Gray that year. I, whatever, whatever. Lincoln Riley running backs, I'm I'm usually not excited about for Debbie reasons. But uh, they bring in Marshawn Lloyd, who I, I think is is a shell of his former self. And then you have Austin Jones, who's on a one-year. I think he's got one year left uh, from Stanford. But the two freshmen coming in are high-ranking recruits here. Uh, but Amari uh, Peterson, I think, is very fast, verified speed. And that's kind of what I'm hanging my hat on. I think he is a speedster here. I believe he's like 200 pounds. so I like that size. Matt just stated that the power five running backs gain an average of 12.5 pounds. So hopefully come draft time rolls around, he's 210 plus, which I feel pretty good about it. He's, he's
2: way over he's way over 210 already. He's listed at 215, I'm pretty sure. Oh, wow. He was actually listed 225 during the season, which he he looked at, and he looked noticeably more sluggish during his senior year. So I hope he's cut down more weight. Because his junior tape, you know, he's listed at like 195, like 190. And then yeah. he gained a, visibly, you could tell on the tape, he gained a bunch of weight, and he kind of, you know, Slowed down a good bit, both you know, uh, linearly and laterally. He just, especially laterally. I think he's really okay. I didn't watch okay, his I didn't watch, his, now. I didn't uh, watch you gotta, his senior tape. You gotta so now, watch his senior tape. Oh, it's a big difference. Oh, Even Alfred the uh, Peterson lover, he kind of dropped him a bit after watching the senior tape. So he it's added weight, but it was it was bad it was, weight. About, yeah, like, that's, that's basically my not estimation. keeping up the low athletics. Okay. I mean, maybe maybe he fixes it. But it's noticeable. Like when you turn on the senior tape, you'll see it immediately. No, we won't talk further about this guy. We're here to
0: give good call-outs here, not bad ones, though. And I dropped uh, Quinton
2: Joiner too. I'm not in on either of them anymore. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, you want to talk about your next guy, Matt? Yeah, so this is my actually my only three-star on this list, uh, Michael Mitchell going to Utah. Uh, he's more of like a, a gritty-style runner, uh, good between the tackles, uh, the quality of his film, like the actual video quality, is awful. So it's hard to gain a lot out of it because you're just seeing a bunch of blurs out there running around. Uh, he's pretty fast, though. We got him at 21 miles per hour, which you wouldn't expect, really. But he does have a 10800 meter to back it up. So good verified speed. Even though he's not going to really show it off a lot, he doesn't break a lot of huge runs. I wouldn't say he's a huge tackle breaker. He just kind of you know hits the right hole consistently and then just gets the yards he can through contact. So, you know, not this amazing runner, but I think he can capitalize and take over the backfield. I don't think Glover, you know, it really impressed us as much as we were hoping for for uh, Utah this year as a true freshman. Maybe he could still hold down the job there, but I I think Mike Mitchell's the much better talent. I think he's a top 10 running back for on three, and then 24 7 has him like outside of their top 40, I think. Like, there's a he's one of the more controversial guys in his class. There's a large disparity in where it's being ranked by the services.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of see how it ends up playing out there. I thought Jaquin Jackson obviously looked really good. I know he's eligible, I think, for next year. I don't know if he's going to actually end up coming out that year um, or if he stays for another year or whatever. But he kind of seems like he'd probably be the main one. But I agree with you. Jay Glover was kind of disappointing a little bit. So there is kind of some opening there for that RB2 spot. Um, they've been a very run-heavy offense eventually as well. So if and Jackson does go on, we'll have a very good chance that if Mitchell kind of shows him – plays out a little bit and outplays Glover, that he could be the next guy going into 2024. So that would kind of be an interesting fit there. Um, I'll go on to my last guy here. Uh, I'm going to talk about a running back going over to Minnesota. I can't remember where he's ranked in the 247. I think he's somewhere in the 20s. He's very close to the top 20, anyways. And that's Darius Taylor. Uh, I believe only one of you guys has him rated when I was looking, or graded, anyways, when I was looking at the list. Um, so I'm, I'm not too sure if you guys haven't I've got a good look at this guy or whatever. But um, he's 5'11, 202 pounds, four star guy pretty interesting high school career. You started as a wide receiver in sophomore year. And that kind of always perks my ears a little bit for somebody who eventually excelled as a running back. Cause then, you know, they have that receiving upside in the back which is nice. He had almost 700 yards and seven touchdowns playing on the outside as well. Um, showed some good stuff playing wide receiver as well. Switched to running back in his junior year, rushed from 1,400 yards and 22 touchdowns stuck with the running back uh, going into a senior season, went over 2,400 rushing yards and accounted for 37 touchdowns. So this guy got progressively better every year, kind of found the natural fit at running back. We know he has that receiving upside as well. Um, really good footwork as well. You guys have him clocked at 20.5 miles per hour again. Pretty decent time, not a burner, not anything like that. Actually, I actually thought it would be better when I looked at him because I thought I saw some good burst and, and and some good quickness out of him. Um, you know, he's a guy who kind of will utilize some dead legs, utilize some jump cuts, seem pretty sudden, you know, in shorter areas. Um, gets the D B to bite a lot, even when he's running his routes and stuff like that, which I thought was pretty impressive. So he's maybe lacking a little bit of patience. That's the one thing I'll. I'll, I'll pin on him, and that's kind of something that comes from being a wide receiver. Sometimes I think too is everything is full speed all the time. He gets the ball, and it's 100 miles per hour right off the bat. There's no patience at the line or anything. But I do think the situation at Minnesota is kind of interesting. It's a little bit crowded, um, but you lose Mo Ibrahim. Uh, they return Trace and Potts for his fifth year. Probably going to be the guy this year. He hasn't been the healthiest guy, um, so we will see. They add Sean Tyler from Western Michigan. He's in his fifth year as well, but he was a very productive guy over at Western Michigan, um, and then. After that, it's relatively unknown. So this could be somebody who makes more of uh, an impact in the 2024 season, but you know, maybe some of the coaching changes, change that quarterback, you know, they opt to throw the the running back a little bit more. That's something that Darius Taylor can really do um, as a role in this offense. So we'll see if maybe he can get on the field in year one, but I think you're probably looking at 2024 for Darius Taylor.
0: Before we head out, we have to talk about a player, which I will name here in a few moments. Uh, We just, he wasn't in our top 10 uh, when we did this episode back uh, a month ago because he was listed as an athlete, and he wasn't he wasn't that highly ranked. Now he is highly ranked, so he was kind of ignored. And I don't want to skip over him based off of technicalities, so I do want to talk about him briefly here. I, I want to talk about Nebraska wide receiver Malachi Coleman. I'm going to throw it to Matt here first because I, I think Matt's a big fan. I know Matt's probably got the numbers in his head too. But let's talk about the new wide receiver here for Nebraska, Malachi Coleman.
2: Yeah, so he's one of the, you know, freakiest wide receivers in this class, or just athletes in general. Uh, six foot three, 189 pounds, I think. Uh, but he runs a ten four hundred meter, which is, you know, pretty crazy. He's a triple jumper, too. Great numbers in that area. He's running 40 times, you know, I think, believe high 4.3s now. He keeps posting them on Twitter. So tons of verified speed and athletic ability. He's probably going to jump 40 inches, too. And uh, you turn on the tape and you can definitely see it. His game tape itself isn't that impressive, other than like you know him showing off his straight speed stuff, like on kick returns and just open plays. Um, I wasn't that high on him based on his senior tape. I watched the full game on him too, and there just wasn't a ton there for me. But then All American games roll around, and he's looking really good in practices. I think he was an MVP of one of the days. Uh, he went to the Polynesian Bowl too, and he looked great in that setting. Uh, just that he looked much more refined than people were expecting. A lot more hip flexibility too, and him uh, going through breaks, which I wasn't expecting. He kind of looks stiff on tape. So those and those are my two major concerns: are you know how refined he is, and uh, especially the flexibility. I really thought he looked stiff, uh, you know, on the field. So I don't know quite what's going on there. It's kind of a hedged. I moved him up a good bit. I'm still lower on him than every other single other service is, but. He's within my top 20 still, and you know, I think he deserves to be there on his upside at least.
0: I, I personally had him buried because I, I too thought he was stiff, just a straight-line athlete, didn't have anything else to offer at all, like kind of 0%. And I I watched one game. I remember it was one of those camera view angles from the actual field level, and he and this play just stuck in my mind because this is where I kind of like wrote him off immediately was just that he he did like a post route, uh, the corner kind of stuck with him, even though the corner was like almost half his size. This dude's a monster, by the way, like six foot four, six foot five, 210 type of guy. Uh, the corner is like barely keeping up. The safety's keeping up just fine. Double coverage, balls up. It's a jump ball. He clearly already has like five, six inches on the other two dudes just by standing straight up. Uh, so I was kind of like, this should be a pretty easy catch for him. Uh, safety goes up for the corner does not the safety and Coleman go up for Coleman leaves the ground by like three inches. I mean, he, the whole route looked lazy, looked disinterested, even playing football in the first part. And the safety goes up and has a very clean pass breakup. And I'm just like, what are we doing here? Like, are we playing football? Are we like just messing around? So I, that play lived in my mind for a while. And I uh, am going to go back and regrade him and watch some of his more recent stuff, because I, I know you guys have been buzzing about him. So, uh, yeah, i also would definitely not check on- out like he- his
2: his all-american ones are definitely you'll see a good bit more of him i would suggest doing that with nicholas harbour as well okay he he looked better in that setting than he does on the field there's another guy that you watch his tape it's like oh my god like this guy's just an athlete and nothing else
0: his footwork was sloppy too you, you want to just go into like our last alibi of nicholas harbour too or uh i know yeah. you like him too
2: I mean, it's, just, it's a lot of this, it's, it's very similar story. I mean, an even freakier, you know, he's a 99th percentile athlete. Like, there's not much more to say. He's a generational talent in that regard. Um, has a ton of work to do to become a good wide receiver, though. He just does not know how to play the position. He has almost no nuance. Uh, he did show more than he did at the All-American game, though, than we did on the field, which was just run straight lines. He did... I think, a couple of these breaking routes in the uh, setting. And at least he looked like he moved a lot more fluidly, which he looked like a much stiffer athlete on the uh, game tape. Yeah,
0: I thought his footwork was just non-existent. It was pretty bad watching his game tape. But, guys, just the last two alibis, wire seed for Nebraska, Malachi Coleman and... I believe playing tight end for South
1: Carolina. Is I Nicholas. think it
2: sounds like it's start wide receiver
1: now. Ooh, I mean, it's still in the air, but it sounds like wide receivers. The... He played wide receiver on like a lot of those, all, in those all-star game circuits, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: yeah, but he also did a couple you know, in-line stuff. So okay. it's hard
1: to be for sure. But the
2: last thing Beamer said was that they were going to start him off at wide receiver. So,
1: Which I, I, think, think he'll, like, I think he'll like, sell at. But I do think once he goes to the next level that people will think about him being I mean, a tight end at that size. He should just be playing edge, but, I
2: mean, he, yes, he has it, the track aspirations are getting in the way, so yeah. he wants to stay lean, which he already is. And if I were him, if he wants to play wide receiver, I'd say, hey, lose another 10 pounds because he's weighing at 230 now. Like, If you want to play wide receiver, it's only going to help you there, and it's going to help you attract, too, to lean out, You know, maybe 10 pounds to so get down to 220, 215, that fifteen. That'll be great.
1: Yeah, because I guess he would kind of profile as like a like a high end, more athletic Chase Claypool. I mean, Claypool was pretty athletic, but I kind of be the if he stays at wide receiver for the NFL, I kind of be what he was looking like, anyways. But I think that these the All Star setting does kind of do well for these bigger targets sometimes well at least in the games and stuff because it's hard to work chemistry like you saw coleman in the in the uh polynesian bowl and he had those two touchdowns look really good but i think sometimes you're able to just throw up these balls to these bigger targets and they'll just be like super athletic and i'll muscle these guys and really make a name for themselves where it's hard to it's hard to work on route running chemistry with guys you've never played before so i agree they did really well in this in this circuit but um but yeah two two interesting highly athletic guys that are pretty raw gonna be interesting to kind of see how they figure it out
0: all right, guys, that was our two alibis. I don't want to leave them out based on technicalities here. We do want to give you guys knowledge. We're trying to we're, we're, we're providing content here. That's what we're trying to do. Not not trying to skimp on anything based on technicalities. Thank you for joining us on this long episode. Thank you, Matt, for coming on. Matt, please tell us where we can find your work. I know we've already been beating a dead horse about this freshman guy, but I really thought you guys knocked it out of the park. It clearly you guys enjoyed it and it looks so good that it brought on the cff guy and the Devi guy i mean it was kind of like the original project but uh tell us about it work and tell us where you can find you
2: yeah thank you uh, big wire receiver guy on twitter and then all my work at campus canton you know we're constantly trying to build out this recruiting stuff more and more and uh bring you something different than the recruiting services are so that's the goal
0: you guys are pioneers in the field in my eyes i mean clearly you guys are just doing stuff nobody else is doing i think that's so exciting uh guys if you guys can like review the show on anywhere you listen to podcasts that helps us out as creators you can find us on twitter too and matt plugged himself we're gonna do our first ever plug in a long time uh, you also can find plug on.
2: plug the official too. the official
0: oh yeah the, the official matt is on the official it's our recruiting show it is actually i mean again nuggets of information no one's digging the freshman like this and, and even when you go on like 24 7 sports or on three not all of them have like the little blurb right up either so i find it nice to see a second opinion and just get those that it's just it's filled with gold honestly it's filled with gold uh but you can find cory on twitter at ff guitars you can find me on twitter at ff underscore dirty mic. and again you can find matt at big y receiver that's whiskey romeo not spelt out big y receiver guy on twitter you guys gotta follow him i mean it's just incredible knowledge there thank no, you guys for <laughs> Thank you guys for your time. Good night and good luck.